0: Dr. Katrina Fieri, a psychiatrist, and I'm Portia Pendleton, a
1: licensed clinical social worker.
0: today we're going to be talking about side effects, Mm -hmm. which I had never seen before, which I think some people might find like shocking because this is like a movie about a lot of mental health, health medications. Um, Yeah. um, So we're going to be talking about that today. I'm really excited. Um, And I kind of just wanted to say briefly, wow, like Channing Tatum was in it. And I I I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) is this why everyone watches the movie? Hello. Andrew Law. You know? Yeah. How long did it take you to
1: figure out who was running the show? So I've seen this movie uh, several times. The first time, like not till the very end. I remember being really surprised. What about you? Same. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like I didn't, um, I didn't get it. Like the first time I watched it, I thought like, they're trying like i i think i thought this was supposed to be a medication side effect and that was like the whole premise and then when they got into like the insider trading and all this stuff, I was like, oh, whoa. Yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. And then yeah. when I rewatched it before recording this episode, I remembered the plot. And so I was really watching Rooney Mars character a lot more closely to see if I could pick up on sort of subtle mm-hmm. things that would suggest she was malingering. And they yep. even used that word correctly, mm-hmm. which is, um, you know, kind of feigning symptoms for what we call secondary gain, which means like... To get out of work or to get money in a settlement or to stay out of prison or, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, what did you think about Rooney Mara's portrayal of what we think at first is a woman with depression? I thought it was great. mm mm-hmm. um,
0: I thought it also shows how we can be like functional, yes. Um, so she's working. She, you know, is is dressed well. Mm-hmm. And then, but, you know, behind the scenes, like someone who's really suffering with with um kind of it 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 appears maybe more like major depressive disorders. Like mm-hmm. she's having these, like episodes right. um versus like kind of more persistent depressive disorder, which would just be like, um, persistent depression, depression with right. periods that you can also have major depressive sort popping right, into, right,
1: right, right. And they allude to like, um, you know, again, I think we'll talk about her like before the twist. Mm-hmm. So when we think she's just depressed, and I'm saying just depressed, not to minimize the depression, but because there's more that comes out later. Um, but I thought, you know, her eyes, like she just looks subdued. Yep. she looks sad. She looks flat. Um she's not really like super joyful even mm-hmm. when they like get him out of prison. She like hugs him and stuff, but it's there's not a lot yeah. of like animation there. And again, maybe that's just her personality, but um she does have this suicide attempt where she like rams her car into a wall in a parking garage and when uh channing like goes to the hospital he's like oh i thought this i thought we moved past this to suggest like this has happened before Mm -hmm. and that's where she meets jude law's character dr banks yep um in the er as the psychiatrist evaluating her so what did you think of that Uh, who was he evaluating before her
0: Oh the man who was kind of delusional or no I'm sorry he was not delusional oh, he was um yes, yes, yes. he was Haitian. yep and so he had seen his, like the ghost of his father right. driving a cab and so he like kind of like attacked the
1: cab right. I I I'm I'm glad I brought that up cuz I remembered like that's a good portrayal I think that's something we do learn about in our training is you know putting the you know the symptoms of various mental health conditions within a cultural context mm-hmm. Um, Because sometimes what we might think of in the American culture as delusional, um, like seeing ghosts of of relatives who have recently died in other cultures is is not. It's like normal in those cultures. So that was an interesting depiction of that. Um, And again... An interesting depiction of, you know, a black man in New York City coming in and speaking a language the officer can't understand and wanting to sort of like restrain him or punish him or take him to jail. And the doctor in this case being able to apparently speak French. Um, or Creole, I wasn't, I think it was French, um, and, and get a sense for what's mm-hmm. really going on and keep him out of jail. So that's an example of not malingering. Yeah. Like that's not malingering. That's like, yep. uh, the, the, the law, psychiatry, or mental health interface, like working appropriately. Yeah. You know, I thought know? that was
0: really great. Um, and I thought it was just like a good, um, check mark, like <laughs> for, for him, for his
1: character, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then now that we're talking about it, like a really interesting juxtaposition to him then moving next door or wherever, um, uh, and evaluating Emily. Yep. Um, again, a white woman. Um, someone later calls her like a fragile bird, attractive, um, and uh just I didn't love like I I guess you're right. I do pick up a lot on like the environment the background or like where the setting. I didn't love that he didn't close the curtain right away. Like he starts the interview standing over her. I didn't love that. Just again, like a a man towering over you and you're feeling really emotional and vulnerable. I don't love like sit down so you're level. Um don't get too close though. I, I like that he didn't get too close. Right. I think eventually he sat, eventually he closes the curtain. Um I thought his line of questioning was pretty good in the way that, you know, she was saying like, oh, my head hurts. They said I might have a concussion. And he's like, well, we got to wait for the CT scan. How's your head been lately? That was kind of (laughs) weird. That's kind of a clunky thing to say. He didn't introduce himself as a psychiatrist right away. Um, I'm not sure why or if that was intentional to see you know, again, maybe he already suspected she'd withhold things if he did. Um, so maybe he wanted to see if she'd reveal anything before she knew that. Um, that to me, now that I'm saying it, should have been his first sign that something was th- off here. Um You know, he says to her, like, you know, usually when someone's in a car accident, there's skid marks. You try to avoid hitting the wall, but you like went right for the wall. So to us, that suggests a suicide attempt. Um, I can't believe she wasn't hospitalized. Well, that was what I was thinking.
0: I was like, it's not, you know, she didn't come in with kind of like a, um like a thought of suicidality right. and that, and now is presenting after, you know, waiting in the ER for many hours um, yes. as safe and like, you know, is, it has a caregiver or a partner and like, you know, it's evaluated and is sent home and mm-hmm. not hospitalized. Like mm-hmm. that happens mm-hmm. a lot. Maybe sometimes it shouldn't, but right. there,
1: this was an attempt. And this like, was a really serious right. attempt. Like she right. rammed her car into the wall. Right. I thought though that they did a good job portraying what we sometimes look for, which is called like, um, future oriented, like orient, like having plans for the future. Like, oh no, I can't, I can't be hospitalized. I have to go to work tomorrow. My husband just got home. Like I can't do that at the same time. Like when I was working in ERs with, um, evaluating patients like this, I don't care how future-oriented you are. When you ram your car into the wall, you need to be hospitalized. Yeah. And the fact that she was able to talk him out mm-hmm. of it when that was his first instinct, to me, is like, in retrospect, red flag number one. Yeah. Right? Um, The fact that she's like, you have an office, right? Yes, I'll come see you a yes. handful of times. And to me, that was red
0: flag number two. It's like she, because I don't, like, I don't think that that happens Often. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, like, I don't know of the ethics behind it, but I just don't think that that's typically, like, available.
1: No. Right?
0: Like, no. you'd be referring to, like, a PHP, partial hospitalization program, or intensive outpatient program, like, through your hospital. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that
1: would be the treatment exit plan. Not just, like, I just ran my car into the wall, so right. now I'm going to go see an outpatient psychiatrist. Like, right. that's not an appropriate level of right. care for that severe thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. You, I think you need at least a couple of days. Right. And, again, unfortunately, this... I mean, this should always happen, right? Unfortunately, there's not enough hospital beds. Patients wait and wait and wait in the ER forever. Um, Sometimes insurance won't cover it. Even after something like that, I'll never forget my training working on the inpatient child unit and being told by insurance. It was my job to do the peer-to-peer review um, because they were denying ongoing hospitalization for like a 12-year-old girl Uh, for, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts and depression because she had, she hadn't actually attempted anything. So they thought we should discharge her. And it was like unreal that Mm. they told us like, they're not going to pay for it. Um, because she hadn't made an attempt. Oh, it drives me nuts. But anyway, she had made an attempt. She should have been hospitalized. Um, so the fact that she was able to like manipulate him into going against his better judgment by appealing to, well, I'll see you in your practice. I couldn't tell if he was affiliated with the hospital. It didn't seem like it. Right. It seemed it like he was like what we call moonlighting or like yep. picking up side shifts, um, which is, which he does talk about later because mm-hmm, he's working all mm-hmm. these multiple jobs. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um. So maybe he's like, oh, a patient. Oh, a couple times a week. Like maybe I, I, he it seems like he needs the money. Um, and then we sort of start seeing her meeting with him, mm-hmm. and again, the boundary crossings just continue. Yeah, our favorite, mm-hmm. so yeah, we see her starting to open up to him. Um, he starts talking about medication, which again is is warranted yep. when someone presents with uh significant symptoms of depression, um, status post a suicide attempt. Um she I think that's when she brings up Dr. Siebert's name, mm-hmm. which is played by Catherine Zeta Jones. Um and she gives consent for them to talk to each other about um, you know, her case, all of which is, is normal. Um and then somehow he sees Dr. Siebert at like it looks like a pharma uh by pharma I mean pharmaceutical company like dinner or yeah. talk or something. And Dr. Siebert like very casually mentions, oh, oblixa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did write down, you know, being a psychiatrist, um, the medications, Dr. Siebert said she had tried Emily on. Well, Prozac affects her, and she apparently had problems with sleep and nausea. Um so that's it that's interesting because um those can be common side effects. Um And we have medications in different classes. So we have Prozac, which is an SSRI, Effexor, an SNRI, and then Wellbutrin, which has a different mechanism of action in which we think of as sort of in this category of medications called like atypical antidepressants, which just means like other. They work mm-hmm. in different ways. Um So looking at that, my thought as a psychiatrist is did she have adequate trials on any of these? Like, could she tolerate them long enough to see like, did they really work? Cause these medications take several weeks to kick in or did she stop them pretty early because of side effects? Um, Problems with sleep and nausea are really common early side effects that usually go away. um, If you can stay on it and you can prescribe things to sort of help with that in the early stages. Um, it's weird to me that she was only on one SSRI. Then we jump. And again, I'm assuming we started with Prozac because that's you know Mm -hmm. typical practice, but maybe we didn't. But then you jump to an SNRI, then you jump to this other thing. It's pretty atypical to jump around so quickly. And then it sounds like um, she was taking, as prescribed by Jude Law's character, Zoloft, 100 milligrams, which is a pretty high dose. Um, So pretty high to get to 100 so quickly. Those are kind of my thoughts. Um, Is
0: that dosage more like along the lines of an OCD patient? Not quite. That's a great question. So
1: usually like with Zoloft, um, you start around 50. um, You could start lower if like you've never been on medication before to help ease the side effects um, as you're starting them. Um, Or if it's like a young person or really thin person, you might start lower. 100 is like a pretty good dose for depression. I think the way it was depicted in the movie, I just felt like they got there really okay. quick. Yeah. Which again, you might want to given like the severity of her suicide attempt. Um, But usually you might go a little slower, but maybe again, I'm just assuming this was like, her first dose was 100. Um, OCD definitely responds to higher doses of SSRIs compared to things like anxiety and depression. Um, so for Zoloft, the therapeutic windows anywhere from 50 all the way to like 400 milligrams okay. for OCD. Oftentimes people with OCD end up somewhere between 2 to 400 depending on mm-hmm. the situation, mm-hmm. but 100 could do it. Okay. some other early boundary crossings that we see between Emily and Dr. Banks first not hospitalizing her um the second i would say is when she like found him it looks like in oh, yes the it looked like maybe like a like some common area, mm-hmm. so it, I, his his office must be near the hospital or, or something. Um, almost looked gave me the vibe of like a cafeteria yeah, or something yeah. like that, like an where, atrium. Yeah, mm-hmm. an atrium. That's right. Where he was sitting with his wife, who was preparing for a job interview. Yep. Um, and he gives her a propranolol. Yep. Yep. And I thought, oh gosh, he doesn't have great boundaries. You should never prescribe for your spouse or for someone you know. Um, I mean, do. Doctors do that sometimes, I'm sure. Uh, propranol is a pretty benign medication. Um, but I think it just speaks to like his own poor boundaries and why a patient like Emily might be able to sort of like sniff that out Mm -hmm. and use it to her advantage. Um, so all of a sudden he gets a call with Emily, like kind of rambling on the phone. I think after she had tried to maybe like jump in front of the subway train. Um, and then the officer saved her at the last minute. Um, but then she like shows up as he's trying to talk. His wife staring at a poster of a Blixa, right, in the
0: train station for a while, just, like, looking at it. And then she kind of walks over to the oh, edge and then toes
1: it. I didn't notice that, but you're probably right. Um, Because we'd heard about a Blixa from Dr. Siebert, like, in the scene before. Mm-hmm. And they kept talking about how, like, oh, yeah, you see the ads. Like, yep. you see the ads. And I will say... I hear this all the time from patients. I remember when I started my training, Abilify, there were a lot of ads out there for Abilify. And we I had a patient who was like, I want to switch from this medicine I've been on and been stable on for 20 years to Abilify. Um, so this does come up. I thought that was a yeah it, you know, was I wanted to ask
0: you, so if a patient comes in and they have seen like a new medication um, on, on TV and it looks and they're excited about it, does that typically like make it work
1: better at all i think kind of of like a positive like placebo like mentioned that in the
0: movie a little bit
1: yeah 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 you're right she did she was like i think with your like positive endorsement it could work better i mean so certainly we know that the placebo effect is real so by the placebo effect i mean you know they've done studies and stuff where if you give patients like a sugar tablet but you say it's an antidepressant or something um then sometimes the patients start to feel better. Like they believe in what you're giving them. Um, And that is part of like the art of prescribing medications, Mm -hmm. I think, is um, not necessarily using that to your advantage, but it's really important when you're prescribing a medication, whether it's for psychiatric issues or something else to get buy-in, right. You know, like if you're prescribing a medicine to someone because they have high blood pressure and you want them to work on it with lifestyle modifications, like with diet and exercise, you want to get buy-in that, you know, all three methods of targeting the problem are going to be effective. Um, so I think that's the kind of thing where you're, you know, if you're, if, if you come to me and I'm like, well, We could give you Zolaf, but like, it doesn't really work. Like, are you going to (laughs) say, are you going to be like, sure, I'll take that.
0: And, you know, that makes sense. (laughs) I feel like even, even with therapy, you know, I think some, some protocols actually like I don't want to say require, but really, you know, you're supposed to Mm -hmm. kind of speak to the results, you know, Mm -hmm. that have been studied. You're supposed to really kind of like, I don't want to say hype up the program, but like, like you know, this is effective. Like this works for people really to get the bind. So it sounds like, you know, it's almost along that lines. It's not necessarily like placebo effect in our practice, right? Right. That's a lot of, you know, in research trials and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but you have to get people's, you know, kind of excited Mm -hmm. into
1: what you're trying to have them do. Right. And I think, you know, patients will show up having seen, you know, ads and, and, and commercials and stuff like that for newer medications and wonder about it. And some, I mean, gosh, talk about like buy-in. I mean, the, the, like people like make these commercials, with the goal of like kind of manipulating you into wanting to take this Mm -hmm. specific medication so they can make money from it. Um, and some of these commercials are really intense yeah you know
0: so i thought at this point in the movie like this was where we were going right i felt mm-hmm. like big pharma yes. was like trying to you know kind of push this pill i almost felt like in a little bit of a way it was going to be like the oxy yeah, thing like 100%. what like, when, You know we secretly know that it's not effective or that there is this really bad side effect we're brushing it under the rug don't mm-hmm. tell anyone mm-hmm. um, you know prescribers mm-hmm. push mm-hmm. it push it Right. But, you know, that was not the, right. the way this movie ended. But th- at this that's point, what I that's thought. what I was thinking. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's what
1: I thought, too, is that it was going to be all about big pharma. Um, and I think, unfortunately, you're right. Um, you know, there are stricter laws now about, you know, you see in the movie pharmaceutical reps taking doctors like out mm-hmm. to lunch or yes. out to dinner. And they talk about how back... You know, they could like be a quote unquote, like spokesperson for a pill and be flown out to some conference in an exotic location, give a talk for 15 minutes and have their whole vacation comped. Um, Those sorts of things did used to happen. Uh, I didn't get to do any of that because they have these (laughs) stricter laws, which are good. You know, which are good um, because they did find like, surprise, surprise, doing stuff like that did, in fact, influence uh, physicians' prescribing practices, which makes sense. Yeah. And, And I...
0: Was thinking,
1: um, to, you know, same, same along the lines of this
0: used to be a big practice for, um, like residential treatment centers, mm. like doing kind of the same thing with big pharma as big pharma. So they would, you know, invite you to come tour their facility in mm-hmm. Palm Beach, mm-hmm. and then you know you're going to refer your patients with substance use disorders mm-hmm. there. It really primarily was kind of a big business with substance yes. use. Yes, um, it, it, all around this kind of same time, right? right. I feel like this yeah. was really popular to do. They want, you know, kind of to. Push patients, and now, or you know, we we are seeing and have seen like the effects of this. So specifically, you know, talk a little bit about like the state of Florida, yes. kind of being famous for having a lot of rehab centers. Um, there was kind of in the news a lot yes. of um, like unethical drug testing, you know, so they'd they'd be billing. Mm-hmm. At really high rates, these really expensive complex blood tests and labs, and like that's kind of how they're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of these people have ended up in Florida, and then kind of like homeless, and then using drugs again, like at halfway well, high.
1: houses. There's this whole pipeline. It's very it interesting. Is, well, that's the thing is, is, unfortunately, there is a nefarious pipeline. Yes, where I don't remember all the details, but um, unfortunately, there have been then like big business. Yeah. Partnerships, I guess, between like a rehab center and a halfway house mm-hmm. or like where the patient would go afterwards, yep. where then the patient, you know, the patient does rehab, they pay off the wazoo, they charge for these tests. Like you're saying, then they go to this halfway house that's contracted with the rehab center. And then the halfway house, they get reintroduced to the drug, mm. um, sometimes on purpose. Yeah. So I think that's the most nefarious, egregious thing that's come out. I mean, how disgusting yeah. is that? And then they go back to the rehab yep. and it's just a cycle yeah. and it's all for money making. And that just makes me want to vomit. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible. And it's I think awful. that's right. And uh,
0: we've seen that with like big
1: pharma too, but, and that's why, you know, I thought that we don't was gonna do this be anymore. <laughs> a, right, but then I thought this was going to be like a movie, like <laughs> anti-big pharma, yep. you know, Um, and so anyway, so we got derailed, but so (laughs) hate big pharma. Um, so Emily like somehow finds where he is in the atrium again, like how unclear. Mm -hmm. Um, and interrupts his convo with his wife. You can tell his wife's annoyed. She's like wanting some emotional support from him. This is a really awkward conversation to have in public. Again, he's like. If this just, she sort of makes a provocative comment alluding to like, uh, oh, sort of happened again. Right. Um, and he's like, well, if, if that's the case, I, I need to admit you to the hospital. Yes, that's the right, right step. And then she's like, no, no, I just need five minutes. I have to get to work. Can't we go talk somewhere? And the answer is no. The answer should be right. no. But she like manipulates him or something. I thought that it was interesting that his wife was, um,
0: like, like, you know, I understand why she was upset. Like, she needed support, you know, mm-hmm. and her husband was kind of getting called to this work duty. But it, I feel like... <sighs> I'm assuming that this doesn't happen ever, right? Like this is a strange thing, right? Like a patient mm. coming up to him. So I felt like her reaction almost felt like a little strange. Like I would like if if I was out in public mm-hmm. and, you know, out to dinner with my partner mm-hmm. and we're sitting there and a patient comes up to me and starts talking about like, you know, what seems to be like active it's suicidality like a, a crisis. That would be like not normal no like my partner would be like what the fuck is happening yeah like, they, they wouldn't might even be, like get up and leave right but they like wouldn't i don't be know like sad or there. mad at me like they would just be like this is strange this is weird yeah. yeah
1: so i felt i felt like her being like mad just like felt off i don't I think know she was like i think she was mad that he chose to go but do you, but i feel like within the context like like you have to handle that you don't you
0: do need to meet, to meet with yeah, him right, with her right. you know what i mean but like you have to like handle this situation whether it's like talking to them outside and saying like this Hold
2: up what was that
0: This is wildly inappropriate like right. like i don't or know like I just, asking
1: her like wife yeah can you go get a security guard right. like someone right, to exactly ask, you know like um maybe do she you think, was pretty that's the thing yeah. i was wondering if there was some competition right. and if that was intentional right. i think now we know it probably right. was you know to, to stir up some feelings of jealousy and stuff and then they have this, like, mini session, like, on some couch somewhere. And then there's that Victoria's Secret bag. Yeah, so they're sitting, like, really close <laughs> together. Um, their body language was interesting because she's, like, faced toward him with her legs up on the couch. You can see her bare legs. Um, she's just sort of talking to him and pulls out, like, a Victoria's Secret bag saying, like, I'm really trying. And he acknowledges. Again, I was like, oh, ick, 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 ick. Yeah. And...
0: Again, the boundary like crossing is when they, you know, he agrees to meet with her, also like in this public place, so on and so forth, and just meeting with her. But like but besides that, you know, what he's saying, like he is not you know, he's not flirting with her. He's not doing anything like inappropriate. He's not doing anything inappropriate in that moment within that context. But, you know, I think then we learn later a picture gets taken of mm-hmm. them in this moment where she is holding up this Victoria's mm-hmm. Secret bag and they're, you know, comfy
1: quote unquote on this couch. But mm-hmm. it's like, that is not what was happening. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's why you always have to be so careful. Totally. <laughs> and this is why boundaries are so important. Yeah. And this is why it's important to listen to your own gut feelings when you're evaluating new mm-hmm. your patients. Um, because I think you could pick up some of these subtle red flags yeah. really early on yep. and see how this could unfold. Um, and so, yeah, again, he doesn't hospitalize her against his better judgment. Um, and then things really unravel. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, that's when... Um, she, Emily asks, like, can you start me on Eblixa? Like, my friend so and so is on it. I hear it works. And, like, he'd heard that from Dr. Siebert, who then we find out is, like, really pushing Mm Eblixa. I loved when Dr. Siebert was like, oh, you can have an Oblixa pen. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) we should make Analyze script pens. I have a lot of um,
0: (laughs) residential treatment pens. I bet you do, right?
1: (laughs) Um, It's just so classic. Yeah. Um, So then he puts her on a instead of Zoloft. Um, And getting back to one of your questions, you know, certainly there are more and more new antidepressants out there oblixa i thought it was so funny the way they picked this fake name because it was like a combo of like abilify and i thought like Trentilix, which are both two abilify has been around longer what about celexa um, and celexa oblixa like yeah, they just sort of like yeah. combined mm-hmm. it all and it sounds um, real like it totally sound sounds like a medication it totally mm-hmm. sounds like a medicine name um so i thought that was funny and then uh You know, I think it kind of like kind of starts to work, but she starts having these quote unquote, like sleepwalking episodes, um, which seemed convincing right at first. And then that's why he eventually prescribes this new medicine, Delatrix or something, which again, sounds like a convincing Mm -hmm. medicine name. And that's where um, he's now participating as a consultant with a pharma trial. Being paid. Being paid like $50,000, which again... Sounds like a lot. I would have cautioned Doctor Banks to say, "Okay, after taxes, how much are you really getting, and is it worth it?" Yeah, you know. And he does disclose that. So I mm-hmm. saw.
0: I mean, he did it. You know, again, like he's it's doing by the some book. things pretty yeah. by the book. He's he's with another patient who's he's, he's telling about this trial that he's in and that he is being compensated for mm-hmm. it. Um and he gives her this information that, you know, she'll receive the medication at no cost.
1: See and -hmm. it's like that 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 is why
0: people agree to the drug. Right.
1: And that's what I think the pharmaceutical industry uses to its advantage. (laughs) They still provide like free samples
0: Mm -hmm. which I think can be like right on the one hand, like a way to assist people who you know cannot pay for it Mm -hmm. initially um or (laughs) there's just problems with that too but that i mean that still happens people still do get free samples of lots of things birth control you know um, antibiotics yeah
1: but like or like vivant like a new stimulant which is really expensive works (gasps) great i prescribe it a lot um, but it can be expensive yeah. if you don't have good health insurance coverage. So they might give you like a quote unquote drug coupon mm-hmm. uh, where you can get like the first month free and then you have to pay $600 yeah. the rest of the time. Um, anyway, as we're thinking about this, shout out to Mark Cuban's Pharmacy because they are providing a lot of medications at a very affordable rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Cuban, if you want to sponsor the podcast, please feel free. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, um. So they add in this new medicine, and then it turns out she murders her husband, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, she, again, has another one of these, like, quote-unquote sleepwalking episodes, ends up stabbing him multiple times, and then goes to sleep, and he dies. Yep. Before we saw the end of the movie, what did you think about that whole scene?
0: Um, I thought that it was, I, like, you know, I was shocked, but based on, like, another episode of prior episode of her kind of sleepwalking, mm-hmm. I was like that's i don't want to say like it wasn't surprising but like that didn't like shock me like Mm. some, you know something was gonna happen in the movie i was Mm -hmm. like okay like this is it and then Mm -hmm. like you know she's gonna be like how are they gonna go after her right Mm -hmm. um are they gonna blame the drug Mm -hmm. are they going to um you know blame her like Mm -hmm. how will they do this Mm -hmm. that's what i was thinking Mm -hmm. um i was sad to see channing tatum go (laughs) martin (laughs) is his uh, name in the movie yeah
1: Um, what a name Right, he's not a Martin. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Um, I'm always sad to see Channing Tatum go. Yeah, I like to watch him walk away. Yeah. Oh, oh. that's funny.
0: Yeah, but he, you know, he did not walk away. He laid on the floor it and bled, bled out. out. Yeah.
1: So we're yep. So then she gets shirtless. To... I know. Uh, like, <laughs> come on, haven't they seen Magic Mike? What did you think about Rooney Mara's like acting in that scene? Like, did you buy it? I did. Yeah, yeah. me too. The first time, yeah. totally bought it. Um, And that's where I thought the movie was going, was like, oh, let's see like what happens here yep. and I thought actually their depiction of like the whole legal process the not guilty by reason of insanity the NGRI I thought that was actually pretty yep. accurate and again I'm not a forensic psychiatrist we hopefully will be having one on in the next couple of months um, but I thought overall that was a pretty mm-hmm. accurate um, depiction of how that process worked. yep um, and like thank God for things like not guilty by reason of insanity mm-hmm. so that people who do commit crimes or murders or, or what have you when they Are in the throes of a mental health episode instead of just being locked up in jail, which unfortunately has become how sad is this? You know, the largest place where mental health treatment is delivered because we don't have enough mental health hospitals in the country, that's a whole other episode and issue. Um, but anyway, those patients can go to like a forensic psychiatric mm-hmm. unit and um, receive treatment. Yep. Unfortunately, I think oftentimes what then happens is once their sanity is restored, sometimes then they're tried. Um, again, I'm not a forensic psychiatrist. Do you understand that differently? Yeah, I don't. I And I think it's interesting um, why...
0: It would go either way, right? It's like mm-hmm. some people are charged with um not guilty by reason of insanity, go on to serve their time in an inpatient unit and then are let out, right, into society yeah. and other people are you know, get off temporarily, uh, not guilty by reason of insanity, receive the care, and, and then, then have to, and to then are tried. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, like, what the differences are. I'm sure it's clear. I just don't know
1: it. Well, hopefully but when her, we have. In her
0: case, mm-hmm. it sounded like she got the good offer. She was going to get offer. off.
1: Right. And that's the part where I'm not sure, like, does that actually happen? Um, when we have Dr. Tobias Wasser on in a couple of months, we will ask him. And, and it was a really tuned.
0: short time right Mm -hmm. like and i think they also had to kind of convince her because at first she was like no like i don't want to have to go there like i'm not gonna be able to leave Mm -hmm. and they were like no like this is the gold golden egg like you got the best offer they you know it's one percent that this actually
1: works Mm -hmm. i thought it was really weird that the state and the defense both wanted her psychiatrist to be their expert witness and that he would agree either way didn't you think that was weird Mm um
0: So (laughs) I thought at first, before the twist, Mm -hmm. that the state was involved somehow with big pharma oh like i thought it was very strange that he mm-hmm. was being approached that yeah. lawyer that guy like i just felt like that would like it, it seemed like he had some other um motive, motive. Or something. and that's what you know i was just like huh and i i was wondering if they were trying to get him right the psychiatrist on board mm. so that he could speak to that that it's not the drug right like mm. and try to mm. get the drug off mm. that's what i was
1: thinking but like again Doctor Banks, like what a conflict of interest. I feel like that's pretty like psychiatry one hundred and one, where you should not be right. You can't your be the expert, expert witness and treating and the patient, the, right? And her psychiatrist. So not, you have to be yeah, one or the other. One, not only her past treater, like when this happened, but you continue to treat her right. while she's in the forensic unit. Like again, that doesn't track for me. Like that's not really what happens. No, you know, like. I think any psychiatrist who would unfortunately find themselves in this situation would A, call your malpractice, mm-hmm. who will appoint your defense. Um, and B, like you're not involved anymore. Right. Um, so the fact that he kept getting involved, I think speaks to how she kind of had like her hooks in him mm-hmm. and he felt compelled. I like, do you think to clear his own name? I think so. I think it was
0: both. I think he wanted to clear his own name because at this point, like, he was being, you know, like, harassed Mm -hmm. by, um, people who were really unhappy with him. Like, his wife seems unhappy with the situation. His practice Mm -hmm. seems unhappy with the situation. Um, so so I think he was trying in half to clear his name. And then on the other half, I think he, like, felt
1: sorry really, for her yeah. and wanted to help her. And he probably felt, like, some degree of responsibility mm-hmm. having been the prescriber. Yeah. And I think prescribing something that he's in getting a kickback for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though he's, like, upfront about it, I think maybe he had some guilt there. Um, But in the real world, that's not that's not what happens. Like if you I mean, actually, this does happen where attorneys will try to get you to be their expert witness. That actually happens all the time. Um, But you're taught pretty early on and pretty clearly that that's a really bad idea because it's such a conflict of interest, even if it's. Like your patient's involved in a lawsuit and you're not like really related, but like your testimony, I guess, could support their getting more damages or something. That's such a conflict of interest because if you do it or you could just like affect the therapeutic alliance and you don't want to mess with that. Um, We only really do it if
0: we are like subpoenaed and, and sometimes subpoenas, I think we really, 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 really only have to follow through if it's like they're from the state. Mm-hmm. I think you can you can kind of fight sometimes a subpoena or or push back on it mm-hmm. for what they're asking for
1: when it's like a private
0: yeah. um, and that attorney
1: is, and that's why you always yep. just like call your malpractice yeah. and they tell you what to do yeah um so anyway I don't think his malpractice would have advised him to no. do this you see his colleagues telling him like you need to stop yeah. like get off the case and then he asks his colleague for Adderall because he's kind of a mess and I was like oh gosh no 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 no, no.
0: Then this twist
1: happens. Right? <laughs> so then you know we, we love a twist. <laughs> like one day we'll have a boundaries <laughs> jingle and then we'll also have like a twist yeah. jingle that sounds like a tornado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel
0: like for me personally, I got a little confused initially. Mm-hmm. Like I maybe I was doing two things at the same time. I wasn't totally in, like engrossed in the movie. Um I don't know. I, I just it, it like took me a couple minutes to be like, Okay, so <laughs> So, we're going in a totally different direction yeah, here. right?
1: Yeah. It felt like whiplash.
0: Yep. So, Rudy Mara's character is malingering. Yeah. Turns out this whole time. We see that she is working with Katharine Zeta Jones' character, Dr. Siebert, yep. who was her old
1: psychiatrist yep.
0: and love interest. Yes. 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 Which is very inappropriate, obviously. I feel like we don't even need to talk about that. It's obviously inappropriate.
1: And I feel like Hollywood loves to depict psychiatrists and patients boning mm-hmm. they just do and yep. it just really drives me nuts. yeah it's I like
0: i mean it's it's really like any other provide like any other really 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 horrible thing to happen in any other like field like it, it's yes it, it happens but it's so rare yeah. and because it's so bad like this right. isn't the
1: norm so it's it's like, like a know student that teacher thing you know that, that's <laughs> like less probably right? like less right oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I did not see that coming. No. Like the first time I saw this movie, that turns out like they've been in cahoots yep. the whole time. Yep. And to get money. Like- right. And so that's their plan is to
0: get this payout mm-hmm. from causing, which is kind of wild to think about, all of these chain reactions yeah. to make them rich like that's that's how it is so they apparently have been kind of planning to take down dr banks right they send him um pictures they send Mm -hmm. his wife pictures of him and her um, emily together which like looks really sexually compromising they float this past patient of Mm -hmm. his into the um into his practice so he they want him out Mm -hmm. um it sounds like there was like a death um of a past
1: patient. She mm-hmm. took her life and she named him Right in her suicide yep. note. Yep. She and he says like this is all delusional. This relationship never happened. Yep. Um which, which I don't
0: think it did. Like I think, right. I,
1: I think he's yeah. telling the truth. And unfortunately things like that do happen. Yep. Um Yeah. And so, gosh, what a lot of planning. And it almost seems like too... Too much. Yeah. Too far-fetched yeah. for it all to fall yeah. into
0: place that way. But <laughs> he starts to get, like, he In starts involved. to figure it out. Yeah. And he is appearing to be, like, crazy, right? Yep.
1: He's, like, you know, staying up late. He has this whole wall of all these pictures. Oh, they always do with, like, a red yeah. pen and, like, yep. X's and, like, string yep. taped up. And then he does give the um, sodium, am- what is it? Ambutal. Truth serum, basically. Yeah. He He's supposedly gives her truth serum to see if... And at
0: this point, we still think that he did, mm -hmm. right? So we find out later that it was just um, like saline Mm -hmm. um, when he is telling the police or the lawyer for the state mm-hmm. about it and first of all he what he did is so unethical like unethical and he can get in a lot of trouble for it so the lawyer is like i don't, I don't touch want to hear this. this i don't want to know about you need this. to delete this you need right. to get rid of it like because
1: he like films her
0: yeah. right and you and, can't be tried twice so the lawyer's like even if this is true like we have these laws that prohibit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um double jeopardy i think mm-hmm, it's called mm-hmm. so so again like things are moving really fast and and we're starting to see that apparently she has concocted this plan with her old
1: psychiatrist. And And they were going to pin it on whoever, like, evaluated her. just happened to be him. Right. And they just, he just happened to have this history that sort of helped with their case. And then he's like, oh, no, you're not going to pin it on me. I'm going to pin it on you. And then it turns out that then, like, Dr. Seabird and Emily are sort of pinning it on each other. Yep. But he starts, like, lying and deceiving and manipulating almost as bad as Emily Mm -hmm. was to begin with. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. So it seems like they get her to wear a wire.
0: Emily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when she goes and meets with Dr. Siebert mm-hmm. and um, gets her to kind of confess what's going mm-hmm. on. And then Dr. Siebert feels because they're you know going to have sex. So he, she feels this mm-hmm. like pack mm-hmm. on her back. And then, um, you know, the door opens and the police are there. I know. And then I'm like, oh, Emily gets away.
2: Right. right, right, Like you think
0: that she's, you know, she made this deal. She
1: she can't be tried again. Mm -hmm. um, And that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So So then you see like they're all trying to pin it on Dr. Banks. They want her to be restored to sanity um, so that she can be uh, discharged from the unit and sort of go live her happy life with Dr. Seabird. But like she's supposed to like keep seeing him to avoid being hospitalized. Um, And she thought it was just going to be like, okay, let's like pretend I'm Mm -hmm. seeing you, but not really. Like, you know, the drill, you know, I was malingering the whole time. I don't really need medications, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, no, I'm going to prescribe you Thorazine and Depakote, both of which are, you know, they work. They're heavy hitters, man. Like Thorazine is really sedating. Depakote, um again, the side effects they mentioned from these meds were spot on. You can lose your hair with Depakote. You also gain a ton of weight. You're really sluggish cognitively. You can get a lot of acne. It's like So, when so who would be prescribed
0: those? Like what kind of a patient would be prescribed Thorazine and Depakote or Um, either?
1: Yeah. So uh, Depakote is uh, under the class of medications called mood stabilizers, which we use for things like bipolar disorder. You do not use it in women of childbearing age because it has been shown to be associated with a birth defect, um, specifically neural tube defects, which lead to things like spina bifida. Um, you know, in pregnancy, you always take a high uh, dose folate, um, and you can take extra if, like, you have to be on Depakote. If that's like the only mood stabilizer that's ever stabilized your bipolar disorder, then by all means, you need to stay on it. But it's not the first one we use. Also, so many side effects. Um, and there's newer mood stabilizers like Lamictal. Um, lithium's been around forever, but it's like a really good one that's effective as well as side effects too. Um, and then Thorazine is an older antipsychotic, which he does ignore. Acknowledge- knowledge and is true. It's what we call like a typical antipsychotic, like Hal doll. Mm-hmm. Um that is used for psychotic disorders. So things like schizophrenia, we use it a lot in the emergency room and inpatient setting um, to also help with sedations. Like if you're so psychotic or manic that you are unable to sleep, you'll often get Thorazine to sort of help promote sleep. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine like how much fatigue goes along with it, sluggishness. It can be very drying. Like your mouth is really dry. It's, It's not pleasant. So he's basically like, putting her into a pharmacological prison is basically what he's doing and making sure that she has to go get drug tested Mm -hmm. to show that she's actually taking it or she's going to go back in the hospital so he gets the final like one over and so she's
0: like no right and runs out of there Mm -hmm. tries to escape and that's when she is not then right following and he Mm -hmm. knew i think Mm -hmm. he knows this Mm -hmm. that she's going to have this reaction Mm -hmm. So she kind of goes to get in this cabin run away and the police are waiting for her. Right. He
1: kind of knew all along. I think he tipped him off that this is going to happen. He probably didn't say like, I'm going to do this and she's going to do that. He probably was like, she's been acting odd. Can you be waiting? And then she goes back, I think, to the forensic psych unit, which honestly, that's where she belongs. Yeah. You know, that's where she belongs, given everything that happened. Gosh, so, like, that movie had a lot of twists and turns, lots of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's probably so much more we could talk about, but this episode's already been really long. Um, I thought it was interesting, Portia, that, like, you didn't seem as, like, (laughs) into this movie as I was. Do you think it's because, like, I prescribe? I don't know. I What's funny, too, is that one of my friends, um,
0: who's not, like, in the field at all, like, really loved this movie and recommended it. And, like, I don't know. I just... feel like i was a little bored you actually yeah you yawned a lot as we were recording this (laughs) yeah so i mean i don't know what that says i just i like wasn't that's why i feel like i also like
1: missed the little things throughout it do you think it's because we've been talking a lot about psychopaths like with you and um like maybe you're just kind of over it for right now maybe channing tatum died yeah maybe this that grief is too much for you to bear maybe you know yeah, I, I have I have
0: no idea. I think that's interesting, though. Like, I just, well, I was, like, bored. I, I had to know. be like, oh, no,
1: pay attention, pay attention. I know. But- and I, I like, couldn't wait for us <laughs> to record this episode and watch it again. And you're, like, over here yawning. And I'm like, and then they got the side effect <laughs> right. And then they did this right. Then they did this wrong. Um, You know, maybe someday we'll have a Patreon and we can record a bonus episode yeah. where we explore that reaction further. Maybe this
0: felt unbelievable to me. I think it did like it did. And I think that's where I was just like this is this, this wouldn't really happen. Yeah.
1: No, it totally did. I mean again, like I think like once the twist came into play, then you're like, "Oh god, that's what yeah. this movie yep. is." Like that's so unbelievable. Yeah. Um you know what I think it's important that we do analyze scripts that we don't like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I don't want to, like, hold you up any longer. So I guess we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, Thanks for listening. I hope that whoever's listening isn't yawning. We'll see. Um, Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Analyze Scripts. Uh, DM us, send us an email, analyze scripts, podcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you want us to analyze next. Yeah, so will put you to sleep like <laughs> this movie put portion to sleep. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> See you later. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. That's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.